Uh, today, we, I have the, we have the privilege of being able to listen to seven uh, different people from our team um, that are going to share. And so we call it the seven and seven. And essentially what happens is we give them, we've given them seven minutes or under uh, to communicate or share an idea, uh, maybe something they've learned. Uh, we just got done with small groups. We had, and hey, just for so you know, uh, we've had more people in small groups this last semester than we've ever had as a church, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, we can celebrate that. Let me tell you my hope for small groups. My hope one day we'd have more people in small groups that would actually come to our church on Sunday mornings because we think small groups are that important. And so some of the, some of the communicators, they're going to share um, some, something they learned in the small groups they were in. Others are going to just share something they've been challenged with on this journey. Uh, since, graduate, since some of our graduates are here, some of them are even going to challenge the graduates and, and us how to make wise choices. And so um, we'll give them seven minutes. And so Robert and Lori, um, they're from, back from Texas. Robert and Lori were part of our launch team. And um, so glad to have you guys back. I'm really excited for Lori because she's always behind the scenes, and we've actually asked her to get on the front, and she has a, gr- a wonderful uh, thing she's going to share, and I'm just, I'm thank you for saying yes, Lori, and stepping up, um, and uh, we're glad, glad you are back in Santa Fe for a while, and we're praying you come back permanently at some point, so, <laughs> and then we have uh, Jared, Nikki, and Shannon Jones, and they'll be sharing, and so, 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 so proud of them. Uh, Jared uh, is out Eastern. He just finished up his first year of college, and um, yeah, so we're excited to have him back for the summer, so... So good. And we got Dave Berry, and, and uh, he's going to be sharing, and then Josiah Garofalo. And so, yeah, so good. And uh, Josiah, do me a favor, stand up. And so this week is Memorial Day. Do we have any, any uh, veterans in the, in the house? Anybody here? Would you stand up? If you're a veteran, please stand up. Anybody else? Um, thank you for your service. Look at all those. Yes, thank you. Thank you guys for your service. And especially this weekend, we want to thank those and, and remember those that gave their lives in service as we remember that and say we are grateful for our freedom. So for all you that served, especially those that have loved ones that died in, in, in combat and, and given us, do you have the freedom we do? So thank you for all you that served. Thanks, Josiah, uh, for serving. All right, so I'm going to give it to Robert, and then they're just going to have to take seven minutes. He'll go to the next, the pass the mic to the next person. And uh, so let's give it up for Robert as he comes up and shares. Go get it, man. All right. Love you, man. Don't you love Eric and Sincerity? Aren't they the best? So fantastic. Um, Eric is definitely my favorite of the two. But, um, <laughs> sorry, I love Sincerity too. Um, I'm, I want to speak to the graduates, okay? So what I'm going to tell you or share with you, what I'm going to share with you, okay, is something that I wish that I had understood uh, when I was graduating high school and, and moving forward into what was next for me. But I, I just want to tell you, okay, look, I, I'm going to share something. I'm going to share a verse, and you're going to, as soon as I put it on the screen, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, my parents have beat this into my head. I've heard it five million times. No, five billion times. And, and, and I understand. I mean, if, if you roll your eyes, I'm okay with it. Because I, I know that it's going to feel like that when you see it. But, but you have to understand that what I'm going to share with you is not something that was shared with me. And it's probably something you haven't heard in relationship to this verse. Because typically people focus on the first and not on the second. And, and typically people don't really understand the ramifications or put the context and, and paint a picture that I'm going to paint. So if you'll give me a chance, graduates, if you'll give me a chance, don't tune out on me, hang in there with me. I'm going to provide something for you that's going to help you in what you're doing going forward. Because listen to me, okay? 
you've had a childhood faith and you're about to step into an area where you may be around people who don't share your faith in a way you're not coming home to people who have your faith or whatever that is, your faith has to mature from a childhood faith to an adult faith. And it's got to make that those steps. And what I'm going to share with you is key to making that happen. Okay? So, everybody get ready for the eye roll. Here's the verse. Okay? Walk with the wise and become wise because the companion of fools suffers harm. So you've heard it's like, oh, my gosh, not that verse again. But listen to me, okay? There's three people in this verse. There's a wise person. But I didn't really understand. When you talk about wise, I just thought, like, experienced, smart, whatever. But that's not really what the Bible's saying. What the Bible, when the Bible talks about wise people, what it's really saying is that a wise person understands that the decisions they make today become their past that impact their future. The decisions you make today become your past that impact your future. That is critical for you to understand because you're walking into a space where you're going to be making a lot of decisions. And you need to know to to be wise, to act wise. You need to understand that that decisions, those decisions you make today become your past that impact your future. The second person is a fool. Okay. Basically, when the Bible talks about a fool, especially throughout Proverbs, you would see this, the book of Proverbs, a fool is someone who doesn't care. They don't care about the decisions they make today. They don't care that they will become their past because they really don't think that they'll impact their future. But they do. And the third person in this is you. You have a choice. You have the ability to choose to walk with the wise and become wise, to make those decisions, to be around people who are making decisions that where they know that that decision they're making, it will become their past, that will absolutely impact your future because of this. Let me tell you, okay, come close, okay. When you're, you, you may want to hang out with foolish people, okay, someone who's being a fool or acting like a fool, from the, they just don't care. And I get it because I did too. Because these kind of people are fun, right? They don't really care. They're doing whatever they want to do, and it's fun, and it's whatever. And and what you talk about, probably told your parents. I, I told my parents the same thing. It's like, you know, get off my back, man. I will never do what they're doing, right? That's what I said. I'll never do what they're doing. I'm not stupid, right? I'm not stupid. <laughs> but... But here's the thing. That's not this verse. This verse doesn't say walk without wise and become wise. Walk with a fool and become a fool. That's not what it says. What it says is a companion of fools. means if you're hanging, you just have to be where they are when they're doing what they're doing for you to suffer harm. So all of us have heard or read or seen in the news, we've all seen that situation where some, someone was in the backseat of a fatal accident. They died because the person driving was drunk, right? They, they weren't drunk. They were just there when the person 
was doing. We've heard stories about people in wheelchairs and stuff. They were jumping off cliffs or whatever. They happened to be in in the proximity of when someone was doing something they shouldn't have done. You don't have to do what they're doing to be impacted by what they're doing. So as you're moving forward, you're heading into high college or you're you're headed off to you know start a job and live on your own or whatever you're doing graduates and really all of us walk with the wise because if you are spending time with people who care about their life they will care about yours because i promise you someone who doesn't care about their life they don't care about yours so what if you do that? What if you, what if you hang out with the smart kids when you're going off to college and stuff? You're going to have better grades. You're going to study more. You're gonna, they're going to even push you like, dude, you, you, we're studying, man. Shut up. Let's get, you know, get to the work, right? Because they're going to put the pressure on because they care. And you will succeed. I wait, what, what if? I mean, where will you be in five years if you hang out with the wise? Because your friends determine the quality and direction of your life. So walk with the wise and become wise. Amen. Thank you, Robert. That was great. (laughs) Um, My name is Nikki, and I am honored to be able to speak this morning. Um, What I am going to share about comes from something I learned during small groups this last semester. I was part of a the Freedom Small Group, and you're going to hear that a lot today. Um, so this is this is kind of deep, and uh, I was able to go to a place that God wanted to work on in my life, and I'm very thankful for that. So I just want to share with you, first of all, that small groups give us opportunity. They give us opportunity to connect with other people. They give us an opportunity to grow, and they give us an opportunity to heal when that's necessary. So um, getting right into it. Um, we might be broken. Some of us are, right? We might think that we've moved past that brokenness. We might be functioning and living a very successful life. But um, if we haven't correctly dealt with that brokenness, uh, there might still be areas of struggle in our life. And that's that's what was brought to light for me. Um, The areas of struggle... Um, become an area where the enemy can have a foothold in our life. So what's a foothold? The, um, the curriculum taught that for rock climbers, a foothold is a place they step so that they can advance up the side of a mountain. And on the other hand, for the enemy, it is a base for destruction of God's plans in our lives. He wants to destroy the plans God has for us. And a foothold is that base. A foothold gives the enemy control over an enemy over an area of our soul. So, next question I have for you is who is our enemy? Most of us can probably answer that, right? First Peter five eight tells us who our enemy is. It says, Stay alert, watch out, for your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So I just want you to think about that image for a minute, and then I'm gonna give you an image. <laughs> Uh, a prowling lion. This lion hides. He's not just out there in the open for us to be able to identify him as the enemy. Um, he, can you put that slide up for me? He uh, blends in sometimes with the surroundings. 
And what is the lion trying to do? What makes prey for the lion? Well, the lion is looking for someone who is weak. The lion is looking for someone who is not protected. And the lion will single out their prey to make that happen. And um, so the next question I have for you is, what makes us easy prey for our enemy, the lion? Proverbs 5.22 tells us, an evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. Our own sins is what separates us from the, from the protection um, of the people around us. And it is our own sins that can hold us down um, and allow for there to be a foothold in our lives. So maybe you're like me. Maybe you've found yourself captive of your own sin. Maybe uh, you've repented for your sin, and maybe you felt like you've been able to heal and move on. But over time or in certain circumstances, the enemy is allowed a foothold again. Some of the areas that the enemy uses as a foothold uh, can be what's listed here, rejection, abuse, self-hatred, unworthiness, depression, pride, unforgiveness, greed, guilt or shame, lust, sexual impurity, control, anger or fear. These are just some examples of what the enemy can use as a foothold. That foothold can feel like a hook lodged in your soul. When you're least prepared, you're gonna f- you feel a tug on that hook. You uh, feel that tug, and that tug can make you feel unworthy, and it can make you feel defeated all over again. Even if you've prayed and asked God to remove that. Even if you've um, thought you've moved forward. But I want to let you know that those feelings are lies. They're lies from the enemy. And we need to remove that hook. Another scripture, John 8:44, tells us about our enemy. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So you might ask, like I asked myself, what, is, what do I need to do to remove that hook? What do I need to do if it was something that was done to me that placed that hook there in my life? What do I need to do if it was something that was said to me that holds me in that, in that rejection or that depression uh, or that anger or that fear? What if it was something I didn't ask for? How do I remove that hook then? I will tell you, it's the same way that we would remove the hook if it was a sin that we walked into willingly. The first thing we need to do is we need to confess. When I went through the Freedom Small Group and I read this, I thought, well, what do I have to confess for? The feelings I have is because of stuff that was said to me, not something I brought on myself. But the truth is we need to confess that we were wrong to believe the lie of the enemy. We need to confess that we believed a lie that we're worthless, that we believed a lie that we're unlovable, that we believed a lie that we're never going to overcome, and that we believed a lie that we maybe deserve the wrong done to us. The next thing is we need to repent. When we repent, we change direction. We go the opposite way, and we stop our agreement with the enemy. 
The Bible says that we need to bring every thought into captivity to obedience to Christ, of Christ. That means when our thoughts start running away with us and we start thinking, I am not lovable, I'm not worthy, I'm, I'm a failure, we need to stop that and we need to go a different direction. Then we need to cast off. We need to refuse to allow the enemy, we need to refuse allowing the enemy to continue to use destructive words or events against us. We need to cast off the lie of all those negative things that I just said. And we finally, we need to be blessed. We need to replace, when we've gotten rid of those lies out of our life, we need to replace that with the truth that God speaks to us through his word. We need to remove that hook and then let the healing begin by believing the truth that God says about us. The truth that he says is he says we're his masterpiece. And he's created us anew in Christ Jesus. So my challenge to you is to unhook yourself. Let that go and believe what Christ says about you. Good morning, everybody. My name is David Barry. And I myself took a, I was involved in the Freedoms small group. And, and first and foremost, I just want to encourage you all that if you're not involved or you haven't been involved in a small group, this is where it all begins, is openness, fellowship, uh, relationship. It all begins there. It's good to be here on a Sunday and, 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 and congregate like we do, but I'm telling you through experience, um, uh, small groups is where it's at. That, that, that's where you get to know people. That's where they get to know you. That's where, that's where prayers develop. That's where Bible study takes place. Um, that's where you start feeling the love of the people you sit next to. So I want to encourage you, first and foremost, if you're not involved, haven't been involved, get involved. Um, it's up to you. But what I'm going to talk to you about is my endeavor and my experience with the Freedom Small Group as well. Um, I, want to, I want to tell you something. that, that um, I've, I've been incarcerated. This is my, this is my, my, my physical um, incarceration. I've been, I've been incarcerated more than once. And I was going to ask Pastor Eric to put a picture of, of one of my incarceration pictures um, because it's something I've overcome. Um, and it was a physical incarceration. And, and the first time I said to myself, never want that to happen again. That was the worst experience I've ever been through, ever gone through, and never want to go through. Well, then the second one came. And there I am again doing the same thing, saying the same things, lying to myself. And on we go. And, and yes, I'll tell you what, it was the greatest experience in my life to get out behind them bars. It was the worst experience to be behind those bars with people whom I didn't think I needed to be with. But because of my actions, I landed up there. Um, now, spiritual incarceration. You know what? We all have a spiritual incarceration, and we need to face that. We need to admit that. And I, I have a scripture that, that was on the cover of the book of our freedom class. And, and that scripture is from John chapter 8, 32. And it is, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It made me free. Now, I'm going to tell you something. One thing I've learned throughout my walk with Christ is you can read the Bible as a book. And it just be black letters on white paper. 
mean absolutely nothing other than you just saying, I did. But application is everything. Obedience is everything. And you need to discipline yourself to get there. So with that being said, I want to tell you, don't just read the Bible as a book. When I read this scripture, when I was going through this short, small group, it started to apply and resonate and mold me into what I once was as a youth pastor and, and slid down from. And so I thought I was fine. I was dandy. And you know what I found out? I was climbing a hill, walking with Christ. And, and later than sooner, sooner than later, it just came flat. And that hill crushed down and I was walking a level, just a level field. And I was getting nowhere. But this freedom group broke me down. It made me, it made me search my history. It made me look at my today. And it brought truth back into my life. And that truth, as this scripture reads, set me free. But I had to understand it. I had to speak it out. I had to understand where I was and where I needed to be versus where I was going. I had to understand God's will in my life. And it wasn't where I was. It's where I am today that he placed me on a solid foundation. And you can have that foundation too through freedom. As we did our conference at the freedom class the last time we, we, we came together, I know you can't see it. But I drew a cross. And from that cross, on each side, left and the right of the, the arm of that cross, I drew God's blood dripping from it, covering the word freedom. Dripping from freedom, the word free. And in that biggest droplet that you could see on the far right side, I've come to understand during this time that I was free from pride. That pride was broken. And with the pride, I let go of control. I became free from fear because I can't live in fear. I was free from rejection. I became free from bondage of impurity in my life. Free from abuse. Free from shame. And here's a big one for me that I've always dealt with. Free from anger. Pride, control, and anger, they're like in the same hand. But through this freedom that God gave to me by admitting of the truth that the things that I had that I needed to overcome comes from the scripture of John 8.32. So I'm going to encourage you to search yourself. And if you have a hint of something of what we're talking about today during the freedom class that I went to, I'm going to ask you to sincerely check your heart. Do I need to be? And maybe it's not the freedom class. Maybe it's a different small group. But I want for you what I received this past semester. It's changed my life. And I couldn't stop talking at, with Pastor Eric and the group that I was associated with. Sometimes I called it diarrhea of the mouth. But it's stuff that has to come out. And the way I left was feeling so lightened that I would talk to Pastor Eric or others and say, man, I got rid of this. 
I got rid of that. But the biggest thing was that conference where we got prayed for these things independently. And so, again, I'm probably exceeding my time. Um, I want you to know from the top to the bottom of my heart, I love you all. And I want you to experience even a little bit of what I have to you so you can go further with it. Amen. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, oh, that was loud. Sorry. Uh, my name is Josiah Garofalo. Pastor Eric kind of introduced me. Um, uh, yeah, like you said, I'm, I've been in the military for about almost eight years now. Uh, about six, five or six of those years, I've been an infantryman. So, kind of what I want to talk to you about today. Oh, first off, I want to introduce my wife, who's back there on on sound. I've been married to her for six years, and she's a yeah, yeah. Give her a round of applause. She's awesome. Um, go apologize to her because she's married to me. Say sorry. Hey, I'm, I apologize. Um, but what I want to talk about, because since I have been in the military, I have this mindset that where I I, I think on a kind of a military scale sometimes, um, and it's kind of a curse at times just because my wife will tell me, hey, don't talk to your kids that way. They're not in the Army. I'm like, come on, <laughs> chill out. Uh, and I was like, well, they should be. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, anyway, so – what I wanted to talk about was uh, in the military, we have this thing called the military operational order. And any time we, we do anything, we use this format um, when it comes to from the smallest task to the biggest task. And it's called, uh, like I said, an operational order. Um, and the first, the, the five paragraphs in it are your situation, mission, execution, your service and support, and command and signal. Now, I know some of that doesn't mean, make sense to you guys, but... Um, it does whenever I break it down. So I'm only going to go for the first two through the first two today. Um, and the first one is situation. Um, so in a situation, uh, the first line we have is our enemy forces. We always want to know who is our enemy, why, how do they operate? So in a spiritual sense, like who is our enemy? And I thought Miss Jones back here took my notes because I was like, what the heck? She she grabbed my book because because uh, she was saying the same thing. So that you know that's a little bit of confirmation the Lord wants us to say this. Um, so first, first, first line, you know, as you see it right there, enemy forces, where's the enemy? What are they doing? How do they operate? What's their most likely course of action? Well, the cool thing about the Bible is it tells us exactly how our enemy operates. Um, it tells us, um, you know, the scripture she put is in, you know, is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Or another one I like is, uh, is John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So we know there's three things he wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy um, from us. You know, And we just have to identify that true enemy. Um, and this book, I was actually in the Freedom Group as well. And the, one of the chapters, I think it was uh, chapter 11 or something like that, um, it, it kind of talked about that. It said, who's your real enemy? Because, yes, we've been hurt by people. We've been hurt by actions. We've been hurt so many times. But why and why do we feel this way? And why does the enemy keep us feeling this way? Why does – because he wants to steal our happiness. He wants to steal something from us and to end, end result, you know, kill and destroy us. Um, and our second line, I don't know if you noticed, but it says friendly forces, right? Um, is the second line up? Yep. Um, it says friendly forces. That's who's around you. That's who's operating with you. That's who's out there on the mission with you because – in the military, we don't go up an enemy unless there's three three of us against one, ever. Um, unless you have like force multiplier, you have tanks or whatever, and they only have small stuff. But that's the way we operate. We operate 
three to one. We're never alone. Even from the beginning, whenever in, our, in your training, in your indoctrination, it's you always have to have someone with you, even if you're going to the bathroom, because that's what they want you to instill in your mind is that you're, oh, you're never alone. So in these small groups, we weren't alone, which was awesome. This, I felt the same pride and the same you know, sense of uh, accomplishment, accomplishing these things with people alongside me. Um, so that's kind of what I want to encourage you guys today is don't be alone. Um, in uh, in um, what is it Genesis, excuse me, I'm sorry, 2.8, even whenever God created the heavens and the earth, right? He created man, he created Adam, and he said, Then the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. Isn't that crazy? God knew we shouldn't be alone. So today I want to encourage you to not be alone. You might say, like, oh, well, I have my family, I have this. Yeah, but you got to get with somebody that's thinking of the same mission as you, who's thinking, um, I need to accomplish this. And you'll heal from that, and you'll, you'll, you'll feel this. You, ha- you'll know, you won't feel alone in those dark times because you know there's someone that's gone through the same thing or is going through the same thing or who, who uh, can just give you advice or just love, love you when you need it because you're not alone. So don't be alone. Um, and then the second one is your attachments and detachments. Those are just – that's just what assets you have, air assets, artillery, whatever it is. Um, and that could be like the Holy Spirit helping you, that still small voice helping you. It's your backup, right? Whenever all hope is lost, then you got to call in, you know, whatever it is. Call in what – what do they say? Uh, call in the Calvary, essentially. Um, but, yeah, that, so th- this, this is kind of like my mind. I just wanted to portray it to you. This is how I think about it. But uh, – how do you think about it? You know, are you alone? Uh, are you struggling with those things by yourself? If so, you don't have to. You don't have to. As simple as that. Find a small group. Find people. Find uh, people have the same mission, the same mindset. Um, I'm not going to go through all five paragraphs of today because I, I won't have enough time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I wanted to share the same scripture again um, that uh, Miss Jones uh, um shared it's first peter 5 8 through 9 stay alert watch out for your great enemy the devil he prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour stand firm against him and be strong in your faith remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are so remember that you're not alone and the enemy wants us to feel alone that's that's his that's the best way for him to destroy us is when we're alone um and I think that's all I'm going to do today. I'm not going to go through the other two paragraphs I tried to, but that's it. I challenge you, find a small group. Don't be alone. Uh, just just find people that have the same mission mindset as you, and they'll be able to help you and be alongside you, and, and you'll be more powerful, more strong, and that's about it. Thank you. Wow. So that was awesome. I'm feeling super patriotic. I might just go join the army. That was that was cool. Yeah. All right, guys. So I'm Jared. For those of you that don't know me, um, last year I graduated from high school. So now I'm in Portales. So I don't live here anymore. But it's good to come back and see um, what God is doing at the Grove. It's awesome. I don't know if you guys see it because you're here every day or every Sunday, but it's awesome. That the Grove is growing. It's awesome to come back and see new people getting involved. I just met I just met him today. Never, never knew him, but it's awesome to come back. He's an awesome guy. Um, I wanted to thank Eric for and the rest of the Grove, sincerity and all of them, for um, how much they've invested in me. It's really cool to see 
um, how much they've put into me. And because of what they've done, I've been able to do other things because of them. So at Trinity in Portales, that's my um, home church now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I had the opportunity at the end of the semester. So I was working with um, middle school and high school students, which isn't really my thing. I prefer little kids because they're funner. Um, older kids are kind of annoying. I don't know. Teenagers are cool. Um, anyway, so I got the opportunity to talk to them. So I decided to talk about relationships and trusting God with them. And I was kind of feeling like their parents, because, you know, your parents are like, be careful who you hang out with. And anyway, but I felt like that's what God was leading me to talk about. And it was really good. And it was a cool opportunity. And then when Eric asked me to speak today, I kind of felt I wanted to tell you guys the same thing because it's an important message. But I was struggling. And I feel like God showed me and I realized that trusting God is, is a message for everyone. It's a message for all ages. And especially trusting people or trusting God with your relationships. So that's kind of like what they're talking about. Don't do it alone. He talked about relationships and, and um, people you hang out with. So it's interesting. It's just interesting to say, see that. So um, can you put up my first slide? What is that? The scripture verse? Is that what we got? Oh, okay, there it is. All right, so this is what I found from the Bible. Trust the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. So because I like kids' church, and I like to to make examples, we stand up here and blindfold yourself. I'm going to show you guys something, okay? So I want David to stand up and go stand behind him. You guys have seen a trust fall, so we're talking about trust. We're going to do a trust fall. That's just how it goes. But he's got the blindfold on, so I want you to trust me. Just go ahead and lean back and fall. Yeah, go for it. He's there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I right, keep the blindfold on. Keep the blindfold on. All right, Dave, go in and sit down. All right, so now that you're just up there by yourself, I want you to fall again. Just lean back there and um, go for it. <laughs> all right, all right. I won't, I won't make you do that. I won't make you do that because I would definitely want you to take the blindfold off. Anyway, so that's my point. Trusting God is kind of difficult. It's scary because he sees what we don't see. A lot of times in life, we're just walking around with a blindfold. We don't know what the heck's going on. I definitely don't. And I, maybe you guys do. Maybe I haven't figured it out yet. But we don't know what's going on. So that's my warning. And my other thing I want to tell you guys is that God and the Grove, they want something for you. This place is a huge opportunity. And I'm so blessed that my parents decided to get involved from day one because without the Grove, I wouldn't have been able to grow. And I wouldn't have had these people invest in me. So you can go and go to the FedEx thing. I like this. All right, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but on FedEx, you guys see the little, everybody know the arrow? You seen the arrow within the E and the X? Do you guys see that now? If not, do you see it? So there's the E and there's the X, but in between them, there's an arrow. So that's huge. It blew my mind when I saw it. Brandon Baca showed it to me like I was in eighth grade, and I was like, oh, this is insane. You changed my life. I'm forever saved. But so now that you see that, it's interesting because before you saw that, it was just a It was just a logo. Now that you see it, you will never be able to unsee it. It adds so much. The relationships that I've gained at the Grove are like that. I didn't know how much they added to my life until I'm here where I am now, and I can look back and see what what they've done for me. So I wanted to give a little shout-out to to some of the people like Lucas. So I would usually – I can't see myself being a friend with a guy that's 10 years older than me. And hanging out. But he's added so much to my life and influenced me in so many ways. The same with the Diaz family. They're an awesome family. Shout out to you guys. Yeah, give them a round of applause. Just go for it. <laughs> um, Irving and Veronica. They, Irving's different. If you guys haven't met Irving. He, um, he's, yeah, there he is. He's in the middle. Yeah, that's Irving. Anyway, um, he's just a big, intimidating guy. 
but he's he's influenced my life in so many ways. And they're the same for the rest of these people. It's awesome to be able to speak up here as my parents. Um, I feel kind of out of place. All these all these guys who have such great experience, and I'm just out here. But it's really cool to see how much they've influenced me. And I don't want you guys to miss out on that. So I encourage you to to get involved and build these relationships that you don't even know you needed until you can look back and see them. Yeah, those pictures going. Um, all these people, it's awesome. I when when Eric asked me to speak for this thing, I was like, sure. And I I went back and listened to the one from last year, the seven and seven, and. That was awesome. So what I got out of that is they all kind of spoke on the same thing. They all had a a correlating message. It was to say yes to God's opportunities for success in your life. So so that was huge. That blew my mind again. Like, God's constantly just blowing my mind up and then putting it back together because people are deep, man. Like, that's that's insane. So when I was thinking about that, it, it occurred to me, in the Bible, you don't hear stories about people that said no to God. Like, if you say no to God, you don't make the Bible. Like, they're not going to tell your story because you did nothing. Except for Jonah. He said no to God, and he got swallowed by a whale. So keep that in mind. So when God's telling us to do these things, and we know what God wants us to do, it's not like, I don't know what he wants from me, because it's in his word. There's no other. He speaks to us. It's in the Bible. And if you can read and really talk to someone that understands it, like Pastor Eric and Robert and these people that understand more than I do, it, it makes sense he's talking to us. So, I, again, I encourage you, like they said, get involved. Get involved at the Grove. Join a small group and build these relationships. And it, for me, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the Grove. You can, they might say otherwise, you can go somewhere else and just be involved. Do something life-giving because it, it, it comes back and it gives you your life and you grow in the end. So just do something. Trusting God, trusting in God is like a baby learning to walk. So when a baby takes his first step, it doesn't just stop there and never take another step again. It has to take a second step. So the second step would be being getting involved and, and growing and giving God the opportunity, saying yes to God and giving him the opportunity to, and to find success in your life, whatever that means. And as the baby takes his next steps, it, it gains momentum. And then one day you have Usain Bolt. He's sprinting and he's buff and all that stuff. So that's my encouragement. And then my last um, – go ahead and go to the next. So God loves you. As you are. But he loves you too much to leave you where you are. Again, my mind was blown. I just wanted to share this little nugget. That's cool. Um, He loves you as you are. So you don't have to be perfect. He doesn't tell you to clean up, fix yourself up nice, and then come to me and serve with me and be, be my child. He says, come to me now, and I will help you get clean. I will work with you now. So you don't have to wait. And then we're going to grow together. So go ahead and go to the next one. I love when Eric says this. It's deep. It's deep as heck. Healthy people do healthy things. Getting involved is doing something healthy. Sometimes it's hard. It's uncomfortable. When I first went to Trinity, I stood outside the kids' ministry after church, like that weird little awkward dude, just waiting, like, as everybody picked up their kids so I could talk to the leader. And it was legit 30 minutes of awkwardness. For three weeks, I did that. And we talked. And he's like, yeah, come get involved. Finally, I did. And um, I'm going to camp with them this summer, so that's going to be awesome. And um, so don't be afraid of the awkwardness. Awkwardness is cool. It's only... (laughs) It's only cringy if you make it cringy. So I hope I didn't make any of you cringe today. So that's what I got. Thank you guys for listening. Amen. I'm so glad I get to go after Jared because he just like set it up for me. It is so true that God is in control of what we're all talking about because mine is trust as well. So my name is Lori Bradford. For those of you who don't know me, I am married to Robert 
And uh, we were part of the launch team in 2014, and we were able to be here for a year and a half. And then in 2016, our life changed dramatically through some unforeseen circumstances that we were not expecting. And uh, our life got interrupted, and we were taken away from the Grove and put in Texas, where we have been for three years. But it is great to be here today. I just feel so blessed to be here. So I just want to share with you a little bit of my journey over these last few years. I'd love to be able to tell you that once we landed in Texas, everything started going great for me, but uh, it didn't. So you may find yourself in that same situation where maybe you had a major move and now you don't have any friends. Or maybe you lost your job and you're there wondering uh, what's next. And life gets hard. Life gets interrupted. And I find myself saying, life is not supposed to be this way. This is not how I planned it. But God, who loves me, who loves you, who sees you, has not forsaken you. He sees you in your circumstance. He knows exactly those tears that you've cried. He holds them in your hand, and he has a good plan. I don't always get to see the good plan worked out. I don't necessarily know how it's going to work out. I just know that it is going to work out. And God asks me, will I trust him? Will I trust him in this very difficult, hard circumstance? And my answer is yes. He has shown me that he is trustworthy. All the things that Jared said, he just set it up, that we need to trust God, even when we don't understand, we don't know how it's going. So I want to share with you um, a scripture that I've been studying. Um, This is on my playlist in my mind, and I do the replay all the time. This is a story that's found in the book of Judges, and it starts in Judges 13, And it's a story about the wife of Manoah. And she is visited by an angel, not once, but twice, and told she's going to have a son. And she's given very specific instructions on how to behave while she's pregnant and how to raise her son. And her son's name is Samson. Maybe you've heard of him. He has a pretty famous story in the Bible. But she does all the things that the angel tells her. And so we're going to fast forward to Samson is now an adult. Okay? And so Samson goes down to Timnah, and he sees a young Philistine woman. And when he returned from seeing this woman, he says to his father and his mother, Hey, I've seen this Philistine woman in Timnah. Now go get her for me as a wife. Now, his parents were thrilled because the Philistines are his enemy. This is not how this was supposed to go. He was supposed to save them from the enemy, the Philistines, not marry the enemy. So they say, his father and mother reply, isn't there an acceptable woman among our people, your relatives, right? Do you have to go to the uncircumcised Philistines? So they're throwing a little jab there, Samson, get it straight, okay? But Samson says to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me, okay? Now, I know those of you who are not parents all of a sudden just checked out. You're like, oh, I don't have kids. I don't have to listen. Okay, trials come at every phase of life. So, yes, parents, we're on our knees a lot for our kids. But just because you are not a parent and you do not have a child, you are not exempt from trials. So stay with me. Okay, I've got another story after Samson. Look at the next verse. In parentheses, parentheses means that it doesn't have to be here for the story to exist. Okay, the author decided that we would get a little extra information, but it doesn't change the story. What's in parentheses doesn't change what happens. It's just additional information. His parents, Samson's parents, did not know that this was from the Lord. 
who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines, the enemy, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. God didn't tell Samson's parents that he was doing this. They didn't get to know that information. And I think sometimes I'm going to be surprised when I find out what the Lord was doing that I didn't know. Because most times I look at the negative circumstances in my life and I don't say, wow, this is from the Lord. This is awesome. This is great. I don't do that. I cry. I complain. I get on my knees and I say, Lord, take it away. But they didn't know. And sometimes I don't get to know. But I have been shown how much God loves me through the process, through the circumstance, through my ability to trust him. He has proven himself over and over again to me, even when it's very difficult. There's another verse, another story that I want to share with you. And I share these because I love it when I can find in the Bible something that mirrors my circumstances. So I know that I'm not alone. God hasn't forsaken me. He didn't trick me. He knows my situation. He's not angry with me. And I can look and see other situations and I say, oh, I'm not the first one. I'm not the only one, right? Because sometimes I feel like I read the book. I drew the circle. I prayed the prayer. I got the prayer chain going. I did the fast. Why isn't it working? Sometimes I need to go to God's word, and I find encouragement there. So this is another story. Don't pay attention to the screen yet. Okay. So this is a story about John the Baptist. Again, John the Baptist was specifically chosen by God for a very specific purpose to fulfill the um, he was the front runner to Jesus. Sorry, he was actually Jesus's cousin, and his whole entire job was to lead the way for Jesus to come onto the scene to prepare the people. And he did everything right. He did it all according to what God had told him to do. He did everything he was supposed to do, and yet he finds himself in prison. Okay, he is currently in prison. That's where we're going to pick up the story, and. He sends his disciples to Jesus to ask Jesus, um, are you really the one? Because this is not looking like we thought it was going to look like. Life is not supposed to go this way. I'm kind of thinking maybe I picked the wrong guy. And so he's asking legitimately, are you the Messiah? Are you the one? Because my situation doesn't look so good. And kind of I think what he's asking is, are you going to do something about it? Because he can. Because he raised Lazarus from the dead. He healed many people, and John knew about it. And he's wondering, are you it? And so he sends his disciples to Jesus, and Jesus tells him, yeah, look at all these things I've done. Go back and tell John, I've raised the dead. I've opened the eyes of the blind, the deaf here. Go tell him that. I'm who I said I am. And then Jesus says, go ahead and show the verse. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus said that. Red letters. If you have a red letter Bible, that means Jesus said it. Blessed is the one who doesn't stumble on account of me because Jesus did not go save John. Jesus did not take him out of the prison. In fact, John died in the prison. Jesus says to you and to me, blessed are you when you don't lose your faith because I don't do what you think I'm supposed to do in your circumstance. So my challenge to you today is do you trust him? Do you trust him in your parentheses?
Uh, hello, my name is Shannon Jones. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to share this morning. Um, just going to catch up. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. I was taking notes going through. Um, man, walking with the wise, choosing truth, choose freedom, choose your path. Um, watch out for lions. That's a, that's a good one. Um, trust God. Um, but it's interesting. Um, as we go through, there's, um, there's, there's times in life when there's so many things that we want to say. Uh, so many points we want to get across, whether whether I'm at work and I'm trying to communicate, um, you know, things that we have to get done and all the things that have to happen, or whether uh, my kids are going to school and I'm, and there's all the things I want to tell them about. Make sure you put on your seatbelt and don't talk on your phone and don't speed and don't and don't and don't. Um, but we don't have time for all that, right? So so my mechanism is usually what I try to communicate is I say make good choices. So in all these things that we're talking about. Um, these are choices, right? Our ability to choose to walk with the wise or to hang out with the foolish, right? That's a choice that I make. Um, you know, trusting in God, that is a choice I make. And so, so in Matthew twelve twenty five, um, it talks about um, a house being divided. Uh, so Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Um, well, I'm going to be honest. Um, the first time that I really understood what that was saying was actually um, was in school. It was, it was part of a quote from uh, President Lincoln. He was using it when he was trying to bring forth policy to end slavery. And he said this, and so for a while I thought Lincoln said that. I didn't know he took that from the Bible. Um, but he also said... It will become one, all one thing, or it will become all the other. Um, so again, very, very wise. Our, our country was in an interesting uh, place. We're not in a good place, and we're trying to move forward. But he knew that we could not be divided. Um, a choice had to be made, right? And if that wasn't either way, it was going to become one thing or the other. And I think for us, that is also true, right? Ultimately, right, it is a choice, and we have to make it. In Matthew 6:24, it talks about serving two masters, and it says you can't. Right? You will either hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. Um, it all goes on to say that you can't serve God and money. Uh, one translation says you can't serve God and mammon, uh, kind of material things. And again, because ultimately what it's saying is you have to make a choice. And it's, it is a choice, and you do need to make it. Sometimes in life, right, we are going 100 miles an hour, and we're going, and choices need to be made. And if we don't make a choice, right, the choice will be made for us, right? So if I'm flying down a path and I don't choose a direction, there's probably also not a very good end for me either. So again, um, right, it is a choice, and we have to make it, right? I choose my attitude. Is it positive? Or is it negative? I choose my reaction in a situation. How am I going to react? I choose to whether I serve on team or whether I don't. And if you are interested in serving on team, I will be in the in the team room afterwards for 401 after the service and be more happy to speak with you. And, um, but another thing I get to choose is I get to choose my temperature. And I think that's an interesting one because in Revelation 3.16, God talks about um, that you've become lukewarm. He's talking about, to me, as, as a Christian, that I become lukewarm, that I'm neither hot nor am I cold, and that he will spit me out of his mouth. 
Um, in one translation, it talks about, I will spew thee from my mouth. Um, again, in that translation, it's just two different visuals for me, right? The, I have a little something in my mouth and I spit it out or I spew something disgusting. But for me, it is a choice that I get to make. I get to choose my temperature and what, and what that means for me. So my challenge for you today is to make the choice, to make a choice to fulfill God's purpose that he has in your life, to do it with passion, right, to choose your temperature, to take away some of the lessons that they talked about today, about trusting in God, being aware of where we're at, um, appreciating the things that God's given us. And ultimately, right, it is your choice. Make it. Don't let the choice make you. Thank you. Love you guys. Come on, let's give it up to all seven of these guys. Ladies, too. Thank you so much. Not just the guys. Thanks for coming up, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you for sharing, taking time. I'm so proud of each one of these as they uh, shared. Um, I'm, I'm listening, reflecting, saying, what, is, what are those things? And hopefully... Uh, as you leave today, you'll just be aware of maybe there's that one thing that maybe God is speaking to you. Maybe it came through all seven of them. Maybe it just came through one. Um, this is what I know about the way God works is he, he never intended for us to do life alone ever. Uh, we need people around us. And one of the reasons I'm so proud of these guys is because their, their journey, their story, they're, they're in it just like, like the rest of us. We're all in this, this, this adventure, right, this journey through life. And sometimes we don't always know exactly what we're supposed to do or what's going on. And we've got some really good insights of some, some choices. A lot of, a lot of the day was about choices, the make choices we make, the people we select around us, the friends that we choose, um, right? The, the lies that we continue to believe or to break from. I think that's a huge choice. Um, and going through freedom and talking to Nikki and, and Dave, some of the other ones that went through that, to, to just realize that they had been holding on to something that's been keeping them back for so long. And the, the point they can, they can get to that point, they finally say, all right, it's time to break free from that to be able to move forward in that. But the choices we make are so important. The people we have around us are so important. Um, God never designed it for us to be alone, but to, to have others in our life. And like Josiah said, you know, the, the first scripture in the Bible where God says something is not good. Up to this point, everything was good. He created this. It was good. He created this. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. And then all of a sudden he said, this is not good. And it was when somebody was isolated and alone. And God said, that is not good. And it's easy for us to isolate ourselves. And, and as a church, our hope is that nobody will ever be isolated, but we'd find people that we could have a relationship with. We could find others that will encourage us uh, to help us on this journey. And so I would, I would encourage you, challenge you, as, as small groups start up again, would you, would you step out and, and get into one and be involved and grow and learn? If you can't find one, get in a freedom group. I promise that will be one of the best things you'll ever do. Uh, everybody's gone through freedom. We've, we've done three or four groups already, and uh, they, they, everybody goes through They love it. It's an amazing group. So I would encourage you to get in that one, all right? Awesome. As we end our service today, um, one of the things I want to do is, as we close is if you're here today and as they've been speaking about uh, just these different life principles and these challenges, um, it's, it's, it's a good time now to reflect and begin to ask the question, where do I stand at this point? Um, where, where am I on this journey? And for some of us in the room, we're, we're just maybe one decision away from uh, discovering that, that next thing God has for us. For others, we're one decision away from finally getting to know the God of, that created you, the God of creation. Some of this room have just been living your own way, doing your own thing. And I would say the best thing you can do before you leave this room, if you're in that situation, you're far from God, you're isolated, you're alone, the, the number one thing you can do is say, God, I can't do this without you. I need your help. And I would say for you, if you're in that place, that would be the first step for you to take is saying, God, I don't want to do this alone. Help me. And then you begin to, to, to surrender. So being a Christian, being a Christ follower just means that we're following his lead. We're trusting him. 
And we're letting him lead us on this journey. That's what it means to follow Christ. And so today, if you're here and you're, you're not doing that, let me just say that's where you start. There's always the starting point in saying, God, I put you first. And then help me to figure out the rest. And you get around people that will help you on this journey. Uh, for others in this room, you're, you, you're not getting the results you need and you need to change something. My prayer is today, something was said that's going to help you say, okay, what am I going to change? What, what do I need to do differently? So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service? And I always want to give an opportunity, if you're here today and you're, you're far from God, your life is not going the way you want it to go, you need to go in a different direction, that, that you would not leave this place without making that decision. See, the Bible says that when, we're, when we, we realize we're going in the wrong, we're on the wrong path, going the wrong direction, we need to stop and turn around and go the opposite way, do a U-turn. It's called repentance, because that way is not working. And God says, would you come my way? And if you're here today... And you would like to make that decision. You say, you know what? I need to make a U-turn. I need, I need to repent. I need to, I need to turn back to God. If that's you would, you, would you let me know you're here by just lifting your hand and saying that's me? Awesome. Yes. Quite a few hands. Some of the best things you can do in your life is realize and acknowledge, God, I am, I'm not on a good path. And I need to get off this path. Help me to get on the right path. The best decision in your life you can ever make on a daily basis saying, God, I want to follow you, not follow my own things and follow what other people are doing. So if you raise your hand today, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's an invitation of relationship to God saying, God, forgive me of my past. God, lead me into the future. The Bible says if we'll confess our sins, he's, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all the things we've done and give us a new start. So if you pray that prayer, say this prayer with me. If you're a Christ follower, would you pray with us so we're not praying alone? Say this prayer today. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I cannot do it without you. Forgive me of my past of my choices, of my sin that have led me away from you. I want to go your direction. I want to follow your lead. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross so I could have a new way to you and a new life. I put my trust in you today. Come into my life and lead me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate all those church that prayed that prayer. So good.